dum 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 ba dum 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 ba dum 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 yup sports are dumb dum 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 welcome to sports are dumb the podcast that will run out onto a court sometimes but in a far more casual and less chaotic manner i'm joey i'm sean and Sean, of course, we are referencing the recent spate of college basketball events where a team wins at home, the crowd rushes onto the court, and oh no, one of the opposing team players is caught in the crossfire and <laughs> gets thrown to the ground, twists an ankle, sprains a knee. There's so much pain going on out there. And it's pretty dumb. This isn't the first time this season a player, the famed Caitlin Clark, got dropped in a court storming incident this season when she got done. I think she did an interview after a loss. And so she like got done with running back to the rock room and a fan just out of nowhere, they just collide. It's just she goes down. It's just like I think the the Duke player, Kyle Filipowski, I have to look him up. I realize I only know Outside of the teams we root for, Miami and Texas, I only know like two people in men's college basketball. I know a lot more players than women's. But so I didn't know who this guy was. The guy ran over. I just had to look him up. But yeah, he's, a, he's probably one of the most uh, well-known college basketball players. I think he was like a borderline lottery pick last year and he decided to come back. For the pal- nah, I'd never nah. heard of him until this. <laughs> I only knew those two people I knew um, outside. And I was talking to my friends about this. Where Zach Eady, because like he's like lottery and player of the year, and Armando Baycott, because he's been he's been at UNC for so long, and like my friends were like, Sean, what about Bronny? I'm like, oh yeah, Bronny's in the college basketball. Imagine if somebody rushes the court, uh, and Bronny's out there. Do you think LeBron is gonna have that? You think they're gonna allow that to happen? No, absolutely not. He that man is uh, a celebrity because he's. The child of the one of the best, the best basketball player alive right now. Like we can't have this. You're not against it, and I understand. It's it's fun. I've never stormed a court, and I don't ever see myself storming a court because I'm 36 years old. Uh, <laughs> I missed my chances when I was younger. But Texas didn't allow court storming, so I was never gonna storm a court uh, in my younger years. But I mean, is it necessary? And the biggest point. I'm not anti-fun. I like cool things. But as we you pointed out before the podcast started, it was Wake Forest versus Duke. Wake Forest won. Uh, they beat Duke, so they stormed the court. Wake Forest was favored in the game. If you're going to storm, storm, the court, storm the court, at least let it be an upset. Like, don't just storm the court when you're supposed to win. That doesn't make any sense. I know you're just trying to have fun, but it's dangerous. And then you'll want to blame the athletes. For getting, uh, for making contact with them. Bro, they're surrounded by the enemy, by people <laughs> taunting them and, and, and not wearing, watching where they're going. You're the one that's 6'5. They're all like 5'7. They're all just running through. They can't see. Yeah. And I think so it's you... not his fault. They were like, oh, look at this Duke guy just complaining. He's the one that, I don't think like a bunch of the people around him. What's he supposed to do? I think you touched Price on himself. a very important distinction there sean obviously winning like storming the court after you're favored is rough 
but I guess I, I you can't expect everyone to know the lines. I guess these casual student fans or or I, I guess non-degenerate gambler student fans also might not know that their team is favored. And Wake Forest admittedly has come very close to winning a big game all year. Uh, they almost lost to Miami. So if they do make the tournament, they're an early round exit to me because Miami is very bad this year. One of the other things, though, that you mentioned at Miami, we were allowed to storm the court. I only recall seeing it happen twice. One time it was against Duke and I was in the upper deck because we had played an intramural basketball game. And so a couple of my teammates and I came in, the only seats that were available were, were high up. So if we wanted to storm the court would have taken us quite some time to get down. I think the court would have been cleared off and we would have just, you know, ended up being turned away by security. The second time it happened was a game I debated going to. I was kind of feeling crummy. So I'm like, I'll just stay at home, not hungover, just, just ill. And uh, Miami beat Wake Forest, the other team in this example that we're giving. They won by a lot. They won by like 27 points or something and still still stormed the court for that, which I guess in in those cases, maybe you have more time to prepare and you can kind of strategize a little bit. But I think the other distinction that you perhaps touched on a little bit too is that these fans are very self-centered they're only really focused on themselves and in many cases they're holding a phone they're like look at how cool this is i'm going to post this to social media and again this is very get off my lawn social media is ruining society which not wrong but there's no lies in that (laughs) statement but you see these like in the the filipowski one there's like a guy who goes out of his way to like point and probably cuss out filipowski and like with caitlin clark it seemed like people were also going out of their way to like kind of like bump into her or like at least to run by and say something there was a oh, who was it was it lsu and someone in college football this year there's like a video of a player like like a 300 pound lineman like decking this kid who bumps into him because they were storming the field out yeah. of it and it's like you're you're so like I don't know about you. I feel like when I'm running in a straight line, I can avoid people in my way. Maybe it's like the mom mentality. I guess I've seen it like rock shows, people bumping into each other and things like that. But it's just like the people who are going out of their way to run into other people. I think the easy solution, we saw this Creighton beat UConn. UConn had it lost for two months. Creighton, also a ranked team, but was a slight underdog in that game. Super excited. Their security staff at their arena made like a little wall let the visitors leave like they went through that the visiting team didn't have to interact with any players everyone could still storm the court and have fun that seems like such an easy solution like wait 10 seconds let a wall go let the people leave like your goal for storming the court is to celebrate with other people on your team like celebrate with the team that just won celebrate with your friends and other students who are excited it yeah. shouldn't be to run into opposing players like that's so ridiculous it's stupid and I, I think and so we can also reference football when they stormed the field i think it was like two years ago baylor beat oklahoma and all the fans they're ready because they already won like i mean they're gonna win they baylor has the ball running out the clock so all the students are like on the sideline they're ready to go in a play happens uh where the clock stops with one second left but no, all the fans start, students start storming the field and they have to move all the, the students back so they can 
run one more play that to uh, run the clock out. Lincoln Riley was pissed. It was the whole ordeal. But it's just like we, how come we're not prepared for this? And like storming the field flash course has been happening for years. Why why are we still having these issues on how to get the players off safely? Maybe it's not the player safety we should be worried about. Maybe these fans, because again, these dudes are huge. <laughs> like you can don't be mad if you run past somebody, turn them, you get hit in the face. Like and don't blame the athlete. You gonna run up from it's come on, dog. You gotta be smart that. You gotta be smarter than uh these uh flag football players that ran up on Cam Newton and tried to jump him and all of them lost. Cause it was all four and one. You can't just run up on these athletes. Like you're gonna lose, and it's, we we need the we need the security to protect them, not just the athletes. We need to protect them because they gonna something bad gonna happen to them because they want to rest the court again. Like you said, with their phone out, not paying attention. This is not a practical solution, and I, but I, I was just thinking of I believe it was when San Diego State reached the national title game last year in exciting electric fashion with a buzzer beater to beat Florida Atlantic. And they showed a footage of wherever San Diego State plays its home games. I'm sorry, Aztec Hall. I know that's not the name of it. My apologies. But everyone's everyone's rushing the court. Just there's no one there. It's just other fans. Like there's no players on the court or anything, but they rush out. And there was one guy who just like real casually was strolling down the bleacher steps and kind of like looked left and right. Like, all right, I guess, I guess we're out here doing this. And that would be very funny to me if people rushed to court <laughs> all like that, like just the whole student section is just like walking like single file lot <laughs> to then become like the big mass on the floor. Won't happen, but I'd, I'd love to see it just once at least. Just, well, okay. I guess we're I've seen some single file line court storming and laughed at them or Phil storming. I can't remember who it was. Because security did maybe too good of a job to where they couldn't jump anywhere except for the stairs, and so it just. But like, I don't know, man. Like, I, it's just, I think we're all just waiting for. I mean, disaster struck. A player got hurt, but I think we're waiting for something worse to happen till we finally do something about this. I don't know. We'll see what happens, and it won't be good. Yeah, we're not expecting any revolutionary changes here. I don't think, but maybe we'll be proven wrong. It's happened once in the history of this show. So maybe it'll happen twice. I'm just <laughs> kidding. We've been proven wrong many times. And it's, yes. It's always humbling. Nobody time. keeps track, though, so it's <laughs> fine. Just like all the dudes that make predictions on the sports analyst shows, they're always wrong, but they still have their jobs. <laughs> it's the cushiest. I was trying to explain the concept of Joe Lunardi to... My sister, I was visiting Chicago. We were at a hockey game at a Blackhawks game. And I was like, this man basically works four months out of the year. Maybe he does like one, one bracketology at the start of the season. He does one right at the end of the season, like way too early bracketology where it's like everything's going to be wrong because we don't even know yeah. who's leaving for the draft, who's staying, you know, who's transferring. And then he does one at the start of the season. And then it's maybe a couple every few months and then February and March are like his big months because we're getting into the the peak time. But once the tournament starts, he's done. Like he just predicts what the bracket's gonna look like. He's yeah. Among bracketologists, probably not in I don't know, maybe in the top half in percentage wise, but I, I feel like he's notoriously 
clowned upon for not being very accurate with the picks, which like, it's all kind of a crapshoot. Like you can guess something like, oh, Purdue's probably going to be playing in, I don't even know where the class, I think there's Indianapolis might be one of the cities this year. So like Purdue's playing there, UConn's playing in Brooklyn. Outside of that, I don't know. <laughs> it's I mean, a it guess. Just like the SWAC champion will be in the in the first four because that's always the case. But other than that, yeah. I wouldn't yeah, be much better at this. You can predict anything. You can predict. You can be Mel Kiper and get you know two draft picks right out of seven rounds and be considered an expert. You know, <laughs> and also that you you talking about a hockey game? What if fans tried to storm <laughs> a hockey game storm the ice? <laughs> Like they just open the boards and good luck <laughs> getting out of there. Woo! I feel like the, the closest you have to that is when uh, um, two players are kind of like up against the glass and someone the fans are like pounding on it. Yeah, do, like do, do, at the do, zoo. Do. I think that's the closest you'll you'll get. But you I'd love to see it. I'd, it'd ice. be like the scene from Parks and Rec where they run out of red carpet, oh. so they have to walk have to walk across get on the ice. Your feet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's such a good scene. We'll pop it in. Sean, <laughs> one other thing that I wanted to bring up from this hockey game, this is unrelated to storming the court again, but it, also crowd participation. So I think it's fitting. Do you like the little bits that they do in between games? We've seen at uh, Austin Spurs game, we saw like a joke off where two guys had to go back and forth telling dad jokes and whoever laughed first lost. And the winner, I believe, got John Mulaney tickets and so a, a bad deal oh. there. And uh, just, you know, the little gimmicks, obviously, like the races and stuff are big, but I'm I'm talking specifically like fan interaction ones. Are you, are you talking generally about like half court shots? That win, sure. Like half court shots where where they've got John Johansson or whoever the, the in arena entertainment guy is at a place interviewing fans or something. So one of the examples in the Blackhawks game was Tommy Hawk, the mascot. It, they oh, had okay. a Some was named Tommy Hawk. Yeah. <laughs> They had a fan trying to identify or trying to locate him. Like she was operating the camera. She had 30 seconds to try and find him. Found him with like four seconds to go. Everyone's cheering. He's just sitting real stoically. And then it's revealed that he's pretending to be a chair. And some guy comes with a plate full of nachos and sits down and the nachos go flying because Tommy <laughs> does the old, you know, pull the chair away move. And the guy's all uh, like, ah, he's so frustrated. And funny it was i yeah i agree i, I appreciate I, those i think they're often dumb but they're often funny and one that i've never seen which i'm sure this is common at every hockey game but i'm i just haven't been to one in several years so i haven't seen it was they had three goals and three hockey sticks and like large pucks spanned across like five sections maybe and so it was a race like they had to hit the puck and then they the fans just passed it along like past these giant cardboard cutouts pucks along into the goal whoever scored first and it was maybe the most anticlimactic race i've ever seen i guess this is the human element versus a pre-programmed computer one because it was pucks one two and three three was representing the 300 section which is where we were because blackhawks tickets very expensive despite the team being pretty bad this year oh but I digress. It's fine. And so we're rooting for three initially. And then John Johansson, whatever his name was, is saying that these represent the different sections. So we're like, come on, go three. 
the prize was he'd come and give a high five to everyone in the section. Oh, no. And okay. You got to have we, good prizes. We've got any of these. One or two. You can win. That's fine. And <laughs> so it goes. The whole of it was maybe 40 seconds. Puck three. I think someone dropped it. It disappears seven seconds into the race. So then it's just one and two. One is getting further ahead. And I think it was, since it was cardboard, I think it was folded in half. Because it just like snapped in half. Basically, I think it, it was all still it was all still one thing, but I thought it broke in half and two just disappears off the screen as well after that happens. And one easily wins. John Johansson is saying how wonderful this competition is. He's, he's like, well, one just running away with it here. And then it pan, the camera pans back to two after one score. Two is now going the other way. And then I just see three. I think someone just frisbeed three from the ground because you just see three like fly across the screen and disappear and it was pandemonium and i loved it <laughs> oh well I, at least i mean despite the anti-climactivity of it that's not a word but we're gonna say it is uh at least that was entertaining it just can launch thrown <laughs> away due to it which which what's to stop people from doing that I, I think that would be a more effective strategy than trying to hand it to everyone. Just have a few people chuck it down. I guess it's more fun. And maybe you risk a massive paper cut. Oh, no, we don't want those. No, thank you. I do not want it. And Sean, you know what the Winnipeg Jets might have said against this oh, Chicago man. Blackhawks team? Wow. Winnipeg that winning two, winning two nothing. Probably should have had several more goals at that point. Blackhawks score a goal. Score a goal again in the final minute to force overtime. But then the Jets very shortly into overtime. In less time into overtime than the Blackhawks scored in the final minute. So the Jets scored in like 30 seconds to start overtime. But they might have said in one of their post-game interviews, it wasn't pretty, but we'll take it. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. The Stars could have used the Blackhawks win there. We didn't need the Jets getting two points. We're trying to get the number one seed here. Thanks, Blackhawks, for making it not ugly, but still losing. You're welcome. Next time, I will storm the court. <laughs> the or the ice, I guess. Storm the ice. <laughs> During a loss, too. It'll be extra perplexed. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Who's this guy? By himself. Because confusing people in sports settings. Not dumb. Sports are dumb. <laughs>